All right, got myself getting motivated. It is tough today. Did not, I just, uh, just wanted to just lay on the couch and not really do much. Trying to get through what I'm going through. But um, happy to say, that's the sound of that. Second prescription gone through and um, have one more that's going to be really tough to get pushed through to have a pharmacy, excuse me, pharmacy, get the manufacturer so the pharmacy will front the money to make money. Then um, that'll be it. So it's going to take me a little while just to kind of get used to everything. Um, I always said less is more with medicine, but at this point, more is more because I'm giving back what my body depletes internally. And then I was able to work with my mental health provider to um, get a medicine to just kind of just, um, just help me get through things right now um, with therapy and that. Um, as far as the depression and that, I mean, there's no magic, I mean, Millions and millions and millions of people, if not billions of people around the world, suffer from depression, especially now. Um, to know and hear from a therapist, one out of every two people are almost at this point um, where they're suffering from some kind of depression. So to know that I'm not alone, which really helps that I'm not alone. And uh, people connecting, listening to the podcast and send me emails and you guys sharing your journey and story. Let me know, hey, listen, I'm going through the same thing and it's really tough. And I've like literally pushed myself every day to get going. So that really helps. Um, I've never really had depression. Um, I was never really, I was never been diagnosed with depression. Um, I've always stayed on top of my mental health. So uh, I honestly, like I said, I just chalked this up as something that was chemically imbalanced, hormone imbalanced with the Addison's and ovarian tumor and was working with oncology in that, but oncology said, there's no way. This is, sounds like just classic depression that's coming on really quick. Uh, it's getting overwhelming, which it is, and um, like literally working from home, I've been doing, I haven't been getting back into meal preps. Um, I had to put everything on hold with my clients, and they totally understand. Uh, the point was to open a different part to the public of uh, Hot Mama's meal preps and sides and salads and yada, 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 and that was supposed to actually start the first week of July, I just don't know if I'm going to get there. And the uh, reason I'm saying this is because, um, let's just face it, deal with depression. I've never dealt with this before. Um, I feel like it's something like, uh, wow. So I've not had depression before, so I'm trying to um, describe it of how I feel with it. Because I can't talk for other people that suffer from depression because everybody I know deals with different things and, and different aspects. But for me, it's, uh, um, it feels like it's constantly takes over every part of your day. I think that's pretty much the best way to say it. Um, and you try to like, you're, you're fighting it off. <laughs> fighting this invisible thing that's not good off. That's the best way I can describe depression for me. Um, bummed out, just um, I think I'm also burned out. I don't think I know I am. Just dealing with stuff with Eric. Um, 
again today, having to go behind him. Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, can you follow through? As I was told, is he's not following through. Um, and every time he has to do something, it's the same thing. Oh, you're complaining. Oh, my God, you're always B-I-T-C-H. And, you know, always complaining that. And, and it's not. It's like literally I'm like, hey, listen, these are my responsibilities. These are yours. You know, that's how it has to be for right now. Um, it's not complaining hard for whining. It's asking you nicely. But when you ask nicely, it's still not getting done. And I'm literally having to push. Um, I don't like uh, having to feel like a mother to somebody's in their 40s. An adult. Um, I just, I'm not okay with that. And I'm just uh, drained. But it's like I'm working with therapy on how to handle it and how to talk to him. And we have to keep mixing it up. This isn't working. Okay, this isn't working. Like, what is really at this point, what is working with him? Um, nothing. And I've realized this is part of that because. Well, he may have been looking for motherly role with, with maybe some perks, financial perks on the side. Um, and now that you've cut all that off, he is showing a behavior. It's a toddler tantrum. Um, I asked to do something yesterday, and I said, can you please do it? And literally, this is his response. No! <laughs> the first time I've left in a while. Uh, this morning, same thing. Um, hey, listen, can you just, when you bring something in, can you just open it up for me? You know, um, if it needs to be open, can you just open it up? Because I don't like going behind him doing everything. That becomes a mother. And I am, in your 40s and you're an adult and you're male, I shouldn't be a mother. Uh, that's, that's, that's weird. But, um. Instead of saying, okay, yeah, I forgot, this is what I get. No. Now I'm told I have to flag him, make him aware of what he sounds like, um, which is, hey, listen, um, it's really overall a turn off, even as a, someone living with somebody, that you don't realize that your response back is, is a toddler response, and it's very off-putting, and it's just weird. Um, I did say that and he didn't say anything. Kind of shocked probably I said it. But, um, let's just face it. I used to have to go behind him all the time and finish everything and do everything. And I'm just not doing it anymore. Because it was exhausting me out. I'm sure that kicked up part of the problem with depression. Um, dealing with a group of people that shut me down emotionally and weren't there for me. And should have been there before even Eric or anybody else. And I'm um, dealing with the realization of that because I was never able to deal with it one-on-one -on -one because every time I approach these people and ask why and, and try to do a powwow on that, I met with uh, every excuse under the sun more than Webster's Dictionary. And uh, it started draining me out too. Um, somebody wrote me regarding someone they know and they say listen i'm friends with someone i know they're a narcissist person they're a narcissistic person um but what they'll do is is this called projecting their behavior or escaping their behavior so without getting too much into the email and with reading email will a narc it's kind of like will a gaslighter light another ga i mean a gaslighter light a gaslighter <laughs> It's a popular audio. <laughs> Second time I had a laugh. 
I know I'll find it somewhere. <sighs> See, the podcast does do good. It's kind of like that analogy of a gaslighter on a gaslighter. Sounds absolutely crazy. Will a narcissist try to throw their narcissist off of themselves, throw their title off themselves, and throw it on somebody else and blame somebody else for being a narcissist? If they're narcissists, they know they're narcissists, will they project it and throw it out to somebody else being a narcissist? Whether it's their friend, whether it's their neighbor, whether it's a coworker, whether it's best friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's a parent, whether it's yada, 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 cousin, sister, brother. Will a narcissist throw, if they feel, they're, they, if they feel and they know they're a narcissist and they know like, oh, S-H star T, um, I'm not even being called out, but I literally am a narcissist, so I'm going to throw it on somebody else. Will they throw it, a narcissist, throw their title on somebody else? And claim that person's the narcissist. That's so common. Um, from a therapist's point of view, I was told it's very common. Anticipate with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. They've been doing it a long time. They become a narcissistic so psychopath. Um, and then sometimes they're a sociopath. Expect them to throw the mask on somebody else. Sometimes they'll drop them. But a lot of times they'll throw them. They'll throw it and say somebody else is a narcissist. That person's a narcissist. That person's a narcissist. That person's a narcissist. I'll tell you right now. If you know and if you really sit there and think, am I a narcissist? There's plenty of like online um, surveys and am I narcissist questionnaires. And a lot of mental health organizations that will throw them out there online. You can find them if you Google them and do the, you know, do this online test and I mean, is it legit? They're, they're pretty legit, especially when it comes to mental health providers, organizations that throw these tests out for depression, anxiety, online narcissists, I mean, all sorts of things, I have an addiction. Um, if you do those tests, you'll know. For me, I have mental health tests, and every time before my appointment, I have two pages of questions. This is the God's truth. Um, dealing with the type of therapy I have, it's important because that's the only way really I was able to figure out um, this isn't internal, Kim. This is depression you're going through right now. And it's pretty dark depression. It is a built up over time. Um, it surfaced, so here it is. But you can do those online tests. Um, and if you have do suffer from narcissistic personality disorder, of course, you're probably not going to want to know. But um, any good mental health provider, uh, therapist, um, Yada, 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 will sit down and let you know if they feel you're a certain way or if they feel you have an addic addictive type of personality, um, addiction, things like that, OCD, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they'll let you know. But a narcissist will definitely throw their title on anyone they can find. They'll flip it. It's called flipping the script. It's called projecting, projecting their behavior. But they will project their own self um, onto anyone they could find um, to throw people off. If they feel people are onto them like, wow, wow, this person did this, 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 and they're a narcissist, or like, you know, it's the email and that, um, and reading that, and and you feel like a friend of yours is doing things, and um, is that, okay, yeah, they're, they're, they're throwing, they're throwing, they know they're a narc, they're a narc, you know, um, whether you or other people realized it, and they're throwing that, onto somebody else. That's common. Um, normal people know. They can pick up when people are doing that. But um, if you're being entangled with somebody with narcissistic personality disorder or you're being recruited, um, you may get a little fuzzy brain. 
oh, what exactly is going on? Why is this person? People do that. Um, arrogant people do it too. Um, people who are normal people, who have a normal heart, um, take ownership for their actions and hurt they cause people. And um, I did that. Um, I did that once with uh, one of the narcs and I apologized for anything that was on my part that was wrong and I have no problem doing that. I went face to face, that's just me. But I waited for that apology on the other end and I never got it except for, oh, don't worry about it. Avoid, evade, avoid, evade. <clears throat> now I realize that the therapist is avoid, evade. They were never going to own up. Um, a true narcissistic psychopath will never own up for things they've done to hurt you. They will make you want to forget it. They'll threaten you to forget it. They'll zip you to forget it. They'll do everything, intimidate you to forget it. Um, and that's when you need to sit down with the attorney um, because everybody's entitled to feel and have emotion. And you do that, that's unhealthy. That can really cause problems internally with your health, but most importantly with your emotional well-being. So um, that's not good, but don't. Um, somebody's a narc and they're throwing their own title out to somebody else. That should tell you right there. That's like a classic sign of anybody who has narcissistic personality disorder. Um, that's common. So to answer your email, yes, it's very, very common. Um, narcissistic people will do that. That's the truth. But um, I get back to Eric. I um, try to get some closure of some things. I was told if you can ask him a question via text because he's not the kind of person I, that's why I'm thinking, like, if somebody literally labeled him a narc. <laughs> well, my therapist said he's narcissistic. I literally was like, I never looked at it that way. But I'm looking at it different now, and I'm realizing, okay, wow. Wow. And things, as I was told, he does here moving forward. Watch what he does, and then this is information I give you, and you tell me. I mean, what do you think? Now, is he self-centered? Does he think about himself? Is he narcissistic? I feel he's narcissistic. I feel like he got entangled with the same type of behavior you were dealing with and got married to it. And now I'm really looking into that. That kind of bummed me out, but it kind of woke me up like, wow, okay. And now things, other things are making sense. Like I asked him a question of closure of why did you even acknowledge my 50th birthday? Why didn't you even just say happy Easter? That I said, the least you can do is just a decent person. Um, even as acquaintance, you don't have to be married, roommate, whatever title, acquaintance. Um, I couldn't just do that. And Eric's response was just really quick. And he said, um, because these people, you know, um, didn't celebrate the holidays with me and caused me problems. And my family, you know, I don't have holidays with them and stuff and things with my son and yada, yada, yada. So I just don't even recognize holidays anymore. I said, yeah, but... You don't sell, you don't recognize birthdays either, huh? No, no, that's just, you know, that's just me. And um, I may be wrong. I may be wrong, as I said, for not, you know, celebrating and, and doing that. But that's just how I feel. I told him that is the most selfish, self-centered thing I ever heard in my life, which is the truth. And I thought, wow, does a narc do that? I just listened to the therapist back in my head like, he's a, he has narcissistic tendencies, isn't is a narcissistic person. A what? I told him, I said, that that's okay. And you can't change people's response. People are entitled to the response. 
I said, that's fine. But here, let me, let me respond back to that. Um, not, I feel you're a very selfish person. Um, your actions were very selfish in that aspect. And when it came to your son, as sick as I was before oncology treatments, during oncology treatments, um, you never made the plans to take your son out. You never um, initiated the calls. I did all that behind the scenes and I had to come clean with the grandparents on that one. Um, and I wasn't sure how they were gonna take it, but I don't think they were really, honestly, they weren't, I don't think they were a bit surprised. But uh, I made all the plans and everything. And I told them that the times I did and I was sitting there so sick and I, I got pictures where I did not look good. So, um, but I would explain to his son the best I could, listen, I'm sick and um, sometimes I'm gonna have a little bit more energy. So when we're doing things like bowling, things like that, I may not be able to do it all with you, but I'll do what I can and I'll need to rest in between. I made sure because then I was talking to a, a child psychologist to figure out how to maneuver through talking to um, who was, he was my stepson of how to work through explaining me being sick in a, in a way that I could communicate with him on his level. And I did an excellent job because I know, because last time um, I had talked to my stepson, he's a lot older now, he understood. And he said, yes, so I know he understood that. Um, but I pushed myself and I told Eric, if you're using an excuse because you feel like people did this and that and this and that, but the thing is, is you're an adult and you're over 18. And when you get married, you have your own family and you should be creating as well as your own holidays, new traditions. So to me, is it, is, it, is your response is someone that literally is once again, not even married, not mentally or emotionally invested and was just not married. It just got married for, um, some type of gain. That's the truth because that's, was a very weird response, um, not normal. And I told her that's the situation and I should have used excuses and not had done anything or I wouldn't have went anywhere or made plans with your son. But I still did because that's what you do and created new holidays and memories and things with him. And I have the photos and memories to remember that by. But when you're living underneath the same roof with somebody and you can't even casually say happy Easter, you're basically punishing me for um, what you feel other people or what other people or situations maybe I don't know about is you're literally punishing me for it. And that's not good. And this is not the first that he's made a comment. Um, and it basically to me was like, you're punishing me for how something happened or um, something that didn't go your way or, you know, and that's a sign really of immaturity. Um, but it was the most SOB, I'm gonna say it SOB, I always said SOB, why I Son of burgers, Burger King burgers, SOB, son of burgers. I came to laugh. But it was a lame excuse. Um, that was a very selfish excuse. Um, that was a horrible excuse. Um, for people asking if I do anything for him, I don't do anything anymore. Um, I'm not going to. I stopped doing that after my 50th birthday and um, I spent 10 years of putting him first, marriage first, holidays and everything. Um, I made, his son, made sure his son came before even myself. Um, I would have done that if I was married to somebody else and they had more than one child or children. I've done the same thing. 
Um, I'm not going to change who I am. And um, being labeled by my health providers as an empath and literally shown because these answers and things in your true empath, it sometimes can hurt you as an empath because you need to observe, observe and not feel. You need to sit back and observe and not feel. That's where your mother, mother, mothering role comes from is being an empath. Yikes. So I'm trying to be okay with being an empath, but understanding that some things being an empath is not okay. And people who are empaths, you know what I mean? We feel too much. We give too much. We um, allow ourselves to be used like a rug. The oriental rug theory always used to say way too much. Um, we allow people to go past boundaries we set, which are healthy boundaries. When people aren't treating us right, we let them cross it too much. Um, we love too hard. I love, I enjoy. Um, I'm definitely a marriage wife person. But I was told you chose wrong. Doesn't make you a bad wife. You just chose wrong as a partner. And that's where I'm unlearning things that are bad choices and decisions and not letting people cross boundaries that are put down and, um, you know, continuing a different type of level of self-respect, uh, backbone of steel in a different type of realm. Um, and that's what I continue doing. But, uh, when I come to Eric, that's his answers. And, um, I had closure. Trust me, I had closure. But, uh, I realized he's a very selfish, self-centered person. And, uh, by therapist terminology and terms and opinion, I mean, it does make Eric a narcissistic person. And I never looked at it that way. But see, that's the thing with good therapy is they open your mind to look at things differently than what you are um, because they're not you and they're not them, 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 or them. They have a degree and they're licensed in mental health. And their job is to take what's going on and to help you maneuver through it and to live your best life, but also to look at things from a different perspective. Um, and speaking of different perspective, um, being able to connect with friends and reconnecting with friends and um, getting past of why um, people stopped talking to me and realizing I had a cult of narcs that were infiltrating every part of my life, which I already knew that, but having people come forward um, on Facebook and social media when I temporarily headed up and to know what was being said and that. Um, I'm getting past that. Um, I wasn't really surprised, so it, it wasn't like it totally bothered me because I've been dealing with it with um, narcissistic people going to my physicians behind my back and interfering with my care. So, I mean, is it surprising to go to everybody and anybody I knew? That's why I was told as you take pictures and things you want to share online, but you're going to have to bloop out faces because if these people are that ruthless to go to your physicians and start going to everybody that you knew to trash talk you and to destroy your character and who you were as a person, which they were successful, I wouldn't pursue name change and start my life over if they weren't. Um, but I couldn't multitask at that time. Um, that's the only gain I'll give them. But I'm undoing and people are coming forward and we're undoing a lot of the perception, misperception and wondering what happened to me, why I wasn't around and wouldn't she defend herself? It wasn't true and realizing I was sick and I was being threatened in many, many ways by the cult, many ways, many ways. 
so I could not speak. Um, I was kept too from people that um, horrible. I never got a chance to say goodbye and to finish saying goodbye. And in one aspect, all I got to remember is a picture that someone shared to me of a coffin. That's how bad people with narcissistic personality disorder when they become narcissistic psych psychopaths and they connect together in a group or a cult, however you may say it. That's how bad it gets. They will destroy you if they can. They will pulverize you and destroy you and not blink an eye and not give a damn. And they take it to the grave. Walk away. You don't have any other choice but to walk away. No therapist's going to help you with it because a good therapist will tell you they wouldn't be able to help that person or people out to have it. So is it normal for have your friend of yours to sit there and project that somebody else is a narcissist and they're not? Because it's true, they probably feel that the heat's on and people figured them out that they're a narc. Um, and now they're projecting maybe onto you or somebody else. That's, that's normal and it's common to answer your email. But this weekend, I thought, you know, going through a lot and reconnecting with friends, once again, I'll say, uh, a friend of mine, a male friend of mine I've known a good majority of my life in that and reconnecting and we always leave off it doesn't matter how long you know we're absent from each other's lives we always it's always temporary and we just start you know off where we left off and uh, I've known them for many many years he sent me an email so I read it and um, was like hey you know I know that you've never been taken on a date and Eric never did that. And I'm sorry you were treated like that. And women shouldn't be treated like that. And you deserve better. Have you ever done a virtual online date? Like dating, like having dinner. But you're not physical one-on-one. -on -one. Um, he has a job to where... Um, last time he was in town to visit family for Easter. But he has a job to where, in the legal world, we'll just say he's an attorney. So um, who he represents in that is sometimes he works on weekends and that. So he's not able to just jump and go but um we agreed last time when I met him out over on Easter holiday as we do this more often and meet up in that and catch up and uh catch up on his kids and you know um everything it's just nice to be able to just talk I have a friend you know but uh said hey would you like can I would you like to go on a date with me this weekend I'm thinking like um hello you're down south, and how's this going to happen? I mean, you're flying in town again or whatnot? Um, virtual date, I thought, okay, this is like stuff you see on TV. So, I mean, do people really do this? And um, he had gone through um, legal separation, divorce, um, was married for a long time. Um, things didn't work out. And, um, you know, he's been helping me to understand things and that and... Um, knowing me as long and as many years as he has. But uh, I told him I've never gone on a virtual date. So I said, okay, you know, I'm up for new things. So he's like, okay, well, what we'll do is video date. So set up the video camera here and here, and I'm gonna cook for you. And I thought, look, <laughs> cook for me? I told him I'll podcast this. So I know you're listening, so I'll podcast this. But literally, this is what I'm doing this weekend. But it's kind of nice because, you know, a friend knows you the best. You know, people always say you got to be like really good friends with somebody first. You know, you got to be friends with somebody first. Um, and then relationship and things follow. Um, 
Like I said before, I had really good men in my life that were friends of mine. But um, a lot of times it's just um, I couldn't understand a process turning the friendship into something more. And plus, um, I was choosing wrong at that time, and I'm working through that. But um, I thought a virtual date. Let's Okay, you're going to cook for me. It's going to be like we're going to do live video. So it's kind of like do a live video chat, but you're doing virtual dating. I think everybody was doing this and a lot of people were doing this during COVID. Um, of course, at that point I wasn't doing it. Um, I was trying to work on a marriage that was failing. So um, I didn't know how that worked, but literally I'm gonna try this this weekend. And I told him I'm gonna screenshot and share it on podcast. And he said, that's fine. Um, I'll blurp what I need to out, of course, for reasons because I don't want people and filtering any more than what they have. You know, people who know I'm talking about, you know what I mean? But I'm going to share it this weekend. Um, and it was interesting because it's like I've just been so like just overwhelmed. And um, to say the depression feeling. It's like I felt that like glimmer. You know what I mean? Like something that just sparks, you know, and brings a little bit of that light of happiness back when things feel so dark around you. And you're in a really tough time of life. So, um, I have not gotten like really drawled up. I've not really ever, I have not put a dress on in eons. I've never really like, you know, got all the hair extensions out and makeup out and just everything that women do to make themselves feel beautiful. Um, except for a temporary holiday picture and that doesn't even count. You know what I mean? So this is where our, I hope to inspire people that um, nobody can change you. You have to be willing to change yourself. And depression is, uh, this is new to me. Um, I'm going to be podcasting a lot about how I, uh, what I'm going through, how I'm feeling. And, um, and when I'm successfully maneuvering through this, I wouldn't say hurdle, but just through this, it feels just dark um, and just... Uh, Sometimes you f I feel stuck and to be able to share my journey because um, first and foremost is for me, but I really think by we sh we're sharing our journey and stories together, we're able to help others out. I think that's important. Um, don't worry about naysayers who say you shouldn't share what you're going through online with your marriage and yada, yada, yada. Well, if you don't have people that you should be able to talk to and go to that are not emotionally supportive for you there, um, you should be able to, and you are able to, to get through and to be able to talk and if podcasts and audios or journaling or diaries or whatever situation helps you or support groups, you do what helps you. And don't worry about the people and naysayers who believe you should be doing it somewhere else or something doing it somewhere else. Anybody who sits there and says you don't have the right to have a podcast and there is oh, so many podcasts out there, successful podcasts. Um, they're the ones that are made by people who are being real and genuine and they're telling their story. We gotta be able to tell our story, but most important, that's just good times, but truly the hard times, because the hard times in our stories and trials and tribulations is what inspires people and helps people to get over their own. Um, and to know, most importantly, that they're not alone, because you're not alone. And I realized through this new part and first time me dealing with depression in my life that if it wasn't for so many people also sharing their journey and stories and truth, 
I wouldn't realize as well that I'm not alone either. And thank you for being brave and uh, sharing your story, your journey, but most importantly, your truth. <laughs>